0: How's everybody doing? Uh, Back live in the GOAT district uh, with my man, Dan Williamson, as always, and joined by uh, an honorary
1: GOAT at this point, uh, Cody Carpenterier. How you doing, Cody? I'm doing excellent, fellas. Just uh, went from the Senior Bowl to the Super Bowl. Trying to recover from this cold and get after it. I'm happy to talk some Senior Bowl with you guys. We're going to get after it today, fellas.
0: So we finally made it to uh, to Super Bowl week. This is like a holiday for anybody who loves football. Uh, it, the news keeps hitting all week long, and uh, our guest today has boots in the ground down in Phoenix. How are you doing today, Cody?
1: I'm doing excellent. Like you said, boots in the ground. We just went and picked up the credentials last night. Tonight is opening night of the of the Super Bowl. We got a couple shows coming this week. There's just like. I mean, they got us running around this whole town down here. It's like, you know, they couldn't possibly have both teams and hotels close to each other. It's like thirty-seven minute drives from hotel to hotel, hotel to hotel, events in different buildings. It's it's chaotic down here, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, but I appreciate you guys having me on today.
0: No, we're happy you could uh you could squeeze us in. Uh we know you've been busy. Um, you're grinding, man. It's it's awesome. You're putting out some tremendous content. Dan, how are you doing today?
3: Oh, doing great, man! Uh, Just really looking forward to hearing what Cody has to say about uh, all the prospects he saw, and uh, you know, I'm 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 definitely looking forward to some of that content you guys got coming up uh, for Super Bowl week. Uh, Nice having those media credentials. I'm definitely jealous about that. So good move there.
0: And and Dan, you were talking a little in the in the pre-show with Cody. There's like a kind of like a Debbie Downer segment of of Twitter, who just (laughs) like hates the, the Senior Bowl. I seem to remember Christian Watson being a weak winner for for a good portion of the season. And I seem to recall Greg Dulcich being like a 65% fab guy um, for a lot of FFPC teams to get them through a few weeks uh, from their tight end spot. Um, So last year, you know, the senior bowl sure helped. And then you can go back, you know, multiple seasons. You know, we saw Michael Carter help people out uh, two seasons ago. I feel like it's uh, the the haters really, it's, it's a little funny. It's like people want to, want to hate on anything. Cody, what's your take on, on this? How important is the senior bowl to you?
1: My take is exactly what you just said. The best name you brought up with Christian Watson from last year and how much of a league winner he was for a lot of people down the stretch, if you could have grabbed him. And the people that you see on Twitter right now, some of them are like, you cannot count three days of practice for more than what you've already seen on film and, and on stats and stuff, it's like, well, there's not a lot of film on Michael Wilson. If, if you don't think Michael Wilson's good, if if you looked at him, he's five years at Stanford and you're just a game log scout, and you say, well, year three and four, he didn't do a damn thing, and then year five, he, you know, he had 600 yards or something like that. You can't say that three good days in Mobile is enough to elevate him. No you, no, you really can because that's kind of why you go down there. You go down there to find guys like that specifically, or guys like Jaden Reed who dealt with a bevy of things in Michigan State, and then he comes out and he's the best wide receiver at the whole dang event. I mean, there's just... Just multiple ways to look at it, multiple ways to skin a cat. And um, I think Christian Watson is the best example because going in last year, they're like, who is this guy? Long, lanky, wide receiver of North Dakota State. And I remember last year specifically talking to him because he's from Tampa. I said, you know, you ever watch like Mike Evans because you lived in Tampa? Is that somebody you kind of – watch? no, I watched Julio Jones. And at the time, I, I mean, I didn't know anything about the guy. I knew that he – North Dakota State, I went to North Dakota, so I knew like the area – I knew who he was, but I did not know he was this type of athlete. He goes, no, I watched Julio Jones. And I was like, well, come on, man. You're not going to run a 4-4. Four four. And then what's he do? And then what's he do, right? And yeah. now like, now. now he's in that conversation of, like, who is his best comparable on Player Profiler? It's, like, Mims, Moss, and freaking Julio Jones. And it's like, uh, that's where you go to find these guys. So, yeah, I, I think the guys on Twitter that – you, and you know what? It's the same way for everything, right? Oh, you can't go down there and take – Yeah, but you weren't there. So that's kind of how I look at that. Is most of the guys that are saying that the senior bowl ain't worth a shit is the guys that aren't at the senior bowl. Well, yeah, Man, I mean,
3: basically, it. most of these guys are getting drafted. I mean, like ninety percent at least of the guys at the senior bowl seem to get drafted. It, it, you know, so that's, a,
1: that's the big thing. Is is the reason that every that's why Jim Nagy runs it so well is that mm-hmm. those guys are only there because the NFL team said. Like, hey, we're keeping an eye on this guy. We want to see this guy do more. And Nagy's so plugged in with everybody that he's not going to invite somebody down there that the NFL doesn't want to see. So the guys that aren't getting drafted from the event are the guys that had bad weeks or had bad interviews, et cetera, et cetera. But more than likely, the NFL teams already were very interested in some of these guys and just wanted to see more.
3: Right, exactly. And and here's the thing. I mean, you know, I don't get to watch practice film. I don't know about you. I don't get to watch practice film on all these college players week after week after week. Uh, you know, so being able to see them practice against other NFL quality talents, uh, you know, to, to say that has no meaning, that just doesn't really make any sense to me. You know, obviously, you know, you, you don't want to throw away, um, you know, three or four years of uh, college stats and say, well, the Senior Bowl is all that matters. But it's just another, you know, it's another tool in your box, you know, another thing to, to you know, that you can look at and say, yeah, um, you know, this person is doing what I thought they were doing. Great. I can kind of check that box or, well, maybe I better pull back on on another player that, you know, like Chase Brown. You know, a lot of people are pulling back on him, um, yep. you know, so it did. You know, I don't I don't know why you wouldn't let it have some value.
0: Yeah, you think about the 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 vast portion of an NFL roster is not from these guys that are getting drafted on day 1. It's important, you know, for us as NFL fans and also as fantasy fans to try to go as deep as possible and that's whether whether that's a guy that can stick in your starting fantasy roster for the entire season or a guy who, you know, you can get in a, at an extreme value, you know, in a rookie draft like like we saw last season with like an Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Watson corrected, but Dulcich, people got, you know, nice and cheap. And I know there were some people on him Based on his play in Mobile, so you know, with we could talk a lot about the importance of the game, but let's talk a little bit about the players here. Uh, Cody, would you say? And I know Matt Kelly was talking about Tyje Spears as the big winner. Would you look at Tyje and agree that he is your big winner here?
1: I think there's multiple guys that are big winners. I think Tyja belongs in that conversation. the The reason, and, and I look at winners a little bit differently than like a lot of people. So when you you scroll through Twitter, it's going to be like you know, oh this guy Nathaniel Dell's a winner. All these and, and Tyja Spears, for example, too. But I mean, if you're watching college football this year, Tyja Spears was already a good running back, went for 205 and four touchdowns against USC. So people already kind of knew who that was. But Tyja, yeah, I mean he. Th- as soon as Roshan, Roshan Johnson from Texas got hurt day one, had a hand injury, finished practice and then didn't come back on day two. as soon as Roshan was was out of practice, Taja really vaulted himself into being the best running back on the field during during both practices. Um, he's got elite burst, he's got elite speed. Um, very interested to see what he does run. The question with him that that was concerning down there was everyone was worried about his medicals. Um, when you're talking to him and interviewing him he's he's got pretty clear like, You know, recovery surgery, surgical marks on his knee. It's like, um, he had a pretty, that's the one thing that people are worried about is the medicals, as far as the NFL people. Um, I think he's more of a slender version of Naheem Hines, um, with more burst. I think that's a great, great area for him to move into. I think he bought himself a fourth round draft pick, um, which is kind of where we saw Damian Pierce go last year. I don't think he's going to be able to get into that second, third round, but I think day, day three, first, the first, uh, Obviously, the first you know 20 picks of day three, I think, is where Taj ends up. But, yeah, he definitely cemented himself for getting drafted and then moving up slowly throughout it. Talk about
0: Roshan. Based on that, I know he had the early bugs, got hurt, but uh, we've had a number of guests in, in the district, uh, Matt Hicks, John Lobb, you know, just gushing over his athleticism. Uh, what are your takeaway on Roshan?
1: Yeah, I mean, Roshan, I've been talking to Alex Dunlap about him for about two years. When we went down to the Senior Bowl last year, um, there was conversations at last year's senior bowl about Roshan Johnson, which should tell you enough. Uh, you could talk about, you could talk to Alex. Alex charts all these games for Orange Bloods down there in Texas, and he watches and, and communicates with Roshan on the weekly during the year, and and he says that Roshan's the leader in the like the leader of the team. It's not Bijan. Obviously, they've had quarterbacks. It's like a revolving door down there at Texas the last few years. But Roshan's been the leader, the mainstay in this offense and this team. And that's what NFL teams like. And talking to his agent, talking to multiple people down there, including Alex and and his sources, they all think that Roshan's going to get drafted much, much, much closer to Bijan than a lot of people are expecting as far as the NFL draft goes. Not only like rookie drafts, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, but as far as what Roshan brings to the table – we couldn't really see it a lot in college because it was like, Oh, it's Bijan. It's his team. He's the dude. And Roshan came in as a quarterback and Roshan just does everything right. He comes in at 225 pounds. He, I mean, that first day I'm sitting there with the Alex and I'm like, man, who, what, this, this is Sean Alexander. Like this is, this is a, this is a big bruising, very broad shouldered, heavy downhill runner with elite acceleration and ability to just get in and out of cuts and, catch the ball with ease, like Roshan, it, it seems very like hot, hot. It's like, Oh, you're coming out of the senior bowl with him. high. I mean, I can't, I went into the senior bowl with him at RB seven. So I, I think having him in the top five conversation is not hot. I think he belongs there. There's a bunch of tread on the tire, which is another thing that was talked about down there amongst scouts. And as far as running the 40, like we asked his agent, you know, what's he going to run? Cause we're expecting like mid four or fives, And his agent just looks at us. He goes fast. And if he I comes in fast at all, like we're talking four four nine, four five one at two hundred twenty five pounds with his uh, abilities, um, I think you're talking about top five back in this class, and I don't think it's really a question.
0: Second round, Roshan.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's out of the question. Like I said, the the NFL wow. teams a year ago, were we in, and it, it seems hot, right? It seems like oh, bro, but but you remember, you remember early two thousands, and I know where this is kind of a different whole situation, but Cadillac and Ronnie both went top five, and it's like. Would it really be out of the question to say that you know Bijan goes 27 and Roshan goes 50? No, I don't think that's out of the question. I think right, but I think people need to understand that that's actually, uh, an a bit like that that could happen. It's not like oh Roshan's going to go 104. Like no, this is not that talent. This is not a fourth round. It's not a fourth round talent. This is not a late third round. This is a a late second, early third, late worst case scenario uh, situation for Roshan. He's 22 years old. And like I said, there's a bunch tread on the tires. He's a great leader, the leader of this team, and NFL teams have loved him for a long time.
0: We saw Javante Williams and Michael Carter uh, go in the second and the fourth round, um, yep. early fourth. Um, so, that you know, the precedent is there. Uh, that's, that's super exciting. And, Dan, it's nice to kind of be, like, ahead of the curve on Roshan because Goat District uh, listeners have been hearing about
1: him for a couple
0: weeks now as soon as we started this. How about Evan Hole? Evan Hole seemed to have a week. Do you have any thoughts
1: on him? Evan Hole is one that I came in very low on. I I didn't expect. Um, I didn't expect a ton. Um, I actually kind of, really, what I ended up having to do with my rankings is literally swapping him and Chase Brown because I had Chase Brown a little bit higher, but I didn't have Chase Brown very high. I think I had him like RB 16 out of 20 out of 25 coming in, and I had Hull down there at like 22, and I didn't really expect much out of either of these guys. Hull was one guy though. Like I said, it, it was really. People talk about, you know, where do you have these guys ranked? Is Roshan higher than Taja? Roshan was in his tier by himself, and then it was Taja and Gray. And everybody else didn't start making waves until Roshan was out the field. Hole was one of those guys that started making waves once Roshan was out the field as far as both practices go. And he looked good. He looked much better. I still don't I still don't trust that we're going to see anything in the, in the low four or fives as far as speed goes. And at 205 pounds, uh, 210 pounds, whatever he comes in at the combine, Um We'll see. He's got great hands out of the backfield. Um, much better in pass protection than Chase Brown. Much better in pass protection than Eric Gray. Uh, I think that's going to go a long ways as far as the NFL goes. Um, and he's got he's got his head screwed on right. Obviously, he's a Northwestern kid. Very smart kid. When we interviewed him. Um, <laughs> And it's funny asking these guys. You know, who do you watch and who do you compare yourself to? It's always freaking Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. And he goes right to he goes right to Christian McCaffrey. I was like, well, come on, at least say, at least say Austin Eckler because you're kind of built like him. But I think Evan Hole's a winner from the week as far as rising up the ranks. Um, I wouldn't quite put him as a winner as far as like he dominated the whole week, kind of like a Tijer Roshan. But uh, he definitely was a big riser uh, throughout the process. Payne Durham,
0: yes. tight end, tight end. Yes. Purdue. Yes. Got to, first of all, I'll say if Dan Dan is the the tight end whisper. If you're gonna like write a movie about a tight end, Payne Durham might be like the name of, of that guy. So it's a tremendous tight
3: end name. Yeah, oh, yeah. he doesn't get any better than that, really.
0: You got to have foresight as a parent to name your kid Payne <laughs> first I mean, that's that's just awesome. Your thoughts on him, Cody?
1: Payne was great all week. So you saw the catch. I don't know if you watched the game or not on Saturday, um, but the touch or the catch that he had that almost went into the end zone. He made like three or four of those catches during the week. And one of them, you know, there was a couple times when the crowd really erupted. It was Tyger Spears route at the middle, which I think everybody saw when he rerouted a Payne Durham, uh, touchdown in the, in the right side of the right side of the, the end zone uh, during practice. And then like a Michael Wilson, deep, deep fade down the right side. Like Durham's catch was awesome. Uh, he went up between like three or four defenders during practice and just like above everybody else, snagged it, came down. He's got the build. Uh, the athleticism is my big question. I know you get a question later on who can really rise at the combine. He's one of them that if he does show that athleticism, because he's kind of stiff in the hips, kind of stiff in the lower body. Um, I know you remember. I mean, I know Dan remembers Kyle Rudolph from being in Minnesota, where he kind of would always like catch it, go down right away. He didn't really get a lot of yak, and he just kind of stiffer in the lower half. That's kind of what Durham has, but he has the ability to really get up and get that ball. And, and he definitely was a rise at the tight end position this week.
0: Wide receiver wise, um, there's a lot of buzz about about Jaden Reed, um, but I also want to throw out a couple other wide receivers and just get your your quick reaction. So talk about Reed, but also your thoughts on, you mentioned Take Dell, Trey Palmer, and then Puka Nakua.
1: All right, so we'll, talk, well I mean, start out with Jaden Reed. He was clear-cut and best wide receiver on the field this week. It wasn't really close, I thought. Uh, day two was his day. Day one was Roshan's day. Day two was was Jaden Reed, uh, where he really took over. Um, and I mean, he came in at 185 pounds, kind of the same area you wanted him to be at. Uh, Alex Compton to Antonio Brown. I came in with a Percy Harvin light feel towards him. He has great punt ability. Um, he's a great wide receiver at Michigan State, and he, he's got an he, he, great elusiveness and, and lower body dexterity to, to get in and out of these breaks with ease plays much larger than he is strong hands, great awareness of his surroundings. Asked him who he watched the most of, which we kind of chuckled over this one. Cause I, I said, who do you watch the most of? And he says, Kadarius Tony. And I was like, me and Alex both look at you. Oh, you must be not watching very much film. Cause there's not a lot of film on Kadarius Tony out there. So it's kind of funny, but yeah, I mean, Jaden Reed clear cut number one uh, at the senior bowl this year. Um, not, I mean, Coming in, I had him, Rashi Rice, Xavier Hutchinson, and Trey Palmer kind of all in the same tier. I wanted to see who was going to separate. Jaden Reed separated himself. Um, you mentioned Trey Palmer. Palmer uh, coming in. I-, I think right now he's at the top of the marker for my dog rating. Um, that's going to come out later in February. Um, he had a good week. Didn't do anything special. Didn't elevate himself. Didn't hurt himself. We didn't really get to see the speed. The big reason behind that one. The quarterbacks were just so bad. We didn't get to see much mini balls go downfield much uh, with accuracy. It was quarterbacks were pushing the ball a little bit, but it was just like it was. It was very very porous quarterback play. I think Alex was like, "This is the be- worst quarterback play since the year that they had Logan Thomas." And uh, I can remember there was like four dudes that are all. I mean, they never played it down in football in the NFL. But um, Palmer didn't rise nor fall, but he does have the speed. I think he's got the the upside.
0: Is he a he's a sub four three guy? You think?
1: Yeah, we asked him what he's going to run. He said four two, um, and he was pretty pretty adamant about that. When you look at and and you know everyone says four two, I'm going to run four two four three, but he actually has the hundred and two hundred meter dash records in high school in Louisiana. The two hundred meter record, I think, was like a fifty three year record that he broke um as well so he's looking to be that fast he went to lsu for three years played with chase played with jefferson played with mcmath played with marshall and then obviously transferred to nebraska and he was a, a speed threat he also had a 400 shuttle coming out of high school too so he's a guy this kind of goes to your question later who can really rise at the combine he didn't really get to put that speed on display this week he made a couple nice plays ran some strong routes um he, does, he is a body catcher though consistently which is not the best um not what you want from a wide receiver, but speed I think is really what we need to see at the combine. And I'm looking forward to that.
0: Should we have a rule in football that if your nickname is tank, you have to be 225 plus, or are we going to allow tank Dell to, to keep the tank nickname? Cause it's very confusing.
1: I, I don't know, man. He, he's there's such a weird story. He's like, they called him Nathaniel and he hates the word Nathaniel. And it's like, it makes sense. But yeah, tank Dell, um,
0: He's
3: definitely like
1: not. Nathaniel. Nathaniel makes sense. Like he's more of a
3: Tonka tank than a tank
1: tank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> he's more. Yeah, exactly. Nathaniel does make sense, and he's, he's a little guy, and he's gonna be he's gonna be a very interesting one. The the my biggest takeaway with him is it's all there. You you watch the film, it's there. You watch practice, it's the same exact thing. So there really wasn't much to learn from him. I know he got a lot of buzz on social media, but it's the same. It was the same thing all week at practice. As it was in the film, he skates by everybody. He's clean in and out of breaks. Um, he's got the speed to literally make everybody look stupid on the field. The problem is he's going to be one hundred sixty-two, one hundred sixty-three pounds. Um, so he's literally, quite literally, if you look at the player pages, they're going to be identical. He's literally either Marquis Hollywood Brown or nothing. And nothing is going to be Cavante Turpin without the return ability. because he's just not big enough to quite return kicks. And and I don't know if he's got that in his repertoire, but. Um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's either Hollywood Brown or nothing. And I just kind of want to see the draft capital. Um, you know, if he's early second, I'll be interested. Depends where he goes. I just don't see that happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't 1,300 yards back to back seasons at Houston. That is an air raid offense, of course. But Dell's a tough one. I don't think I have him right now as far as the rankings go. I have him wide receiver 15. So it's like, I. I a lot of people are going to have him top 10 because of, you know, the speed, what he did this week. I just – especially for fantasy, it's just not a guy I'm probably going to have unless it's like a parent draft capital where he's like 27th overall in the whole entire NFL draft. I just don't see that happening, though. No.
0: We, we had uh, John Lobb in the district, and, and one wide receiver he's intrigued with is, is Puka Nakua, who was the Washington transfer to BYU. Interesting story. Your thoughts on him?
1: Puka did good. Puka had a good day one. Good – day one it was not special it was good um he didn't do much wrong made a lot of nice catches just had a good day of practice but again it didn't pop and he left after day one and this is exactly what happened a year ago with one alec pierce and where'd alec pierce go round two we see this often where guys will have great practices and then they'll leave and that's because the agents tell them hey man You've done enough. You pull up, get out of practice. Like Jahan Dotson didn't go last year, right? He, he was invited and he was going to go two days before the event happened. Agents were like, hey, man, it's it's a lose-lose situation for you to go out to the Senior Bowl. Come on, let's go because we know you're going round one. That's kind of what I, I got the feel of the Puka Nakua situation after a good day one of practice. I, I don't love Puka Nakua, but I think he's going to be a good pro. Um, do I think he probably should have stayed a little bit longer at practice? Yes. I think he had a little more to show to everybody. Um, I think he's great. In the intermediate line of scrimmage area level—that's kind of where he's targeted the most. They used him out of the backfield. I think he had 39 carries the last two seasons. Um, very versatile guy, athletic. He was on the—he was on the plane ride with Alex um, from Houston. He was riding with Jake Hainer, uh, from Fresno State, and Alex said the entire flight from Houston to Mobile, um, they were doing flashcards back and forth, learning the playbook. So, um, I mean, that's just—you want to see stuff like that, especially off the field. That's the kind of things you don't really hear about usually, and, and that's you know. They're not teammates. They're they're just dudes that are on going to the same event, practicing together. So I think Pook is going to be a guy. Not, I mean, the name is the name, right? It's a cool name. But yeah. um, as far as on the field goes, wasn't special to Senior Bowl. Isn't he doesn't really pop off in the film. But he's gonna get he's gonna get second or third round draft capital. I think that's about guaranteed right now.
0: Dan, is there anybody that we didn't cover that you've had interest in from the Senior Bowl?
3: Well, we kind of we kind of briefly hit. Uh, Chase Brown, Eric Gray. Um, neither one of them did really well in, in pass pro, obviously. But um, you know, uh, you, you could also say fantasy wise. I mean, you know, if there's a certain point where you say, "Who cares how they do in pass pro?" because they're not rushing the ball and they're not receiving the ball if they're in pass pro. So, uh, you know, maybe we don't care about that as much. But what did you, what did you see other than the pass pro from those guys?
1: Eric Gray's excellent. The literal only mark that I had on Eric Gray was the pass pro. Um, as far as everything else, as far as running the ball, he finishes every single run no matter what it is. Um, a lot of these guys, you know, they might drop a ball at practice. And this is a few of the little things that, like, I pay attention to. It's like you drop the ball, do you just let the ball lay there, or you go grab the ball, finish your run, and finish up the field. And, like, Gray does everything right, like I said, except for the pass pro where he got kind of got run over a few times. Um, As far as the receiving game goes, it's very uh, Kamara-esque. His contact balance is is Kamara-esque where that first tackle is rarely going to take him down, especially in space. He usually just bounces off of them. That's the easy one you can always think of is like Saquon's kind of like that, but Kamara's really the one where even if he takes a hit in in the quad, in the shin, he seems to just pop off, and even if he bounces back, he still stays up, and then he makes a move. Um, Eric Gray is going to be a guy that a lot of the Debbie guys know who he is from back in his Tennessee days, but he's going to be a guy that, that kind of rises up through this. I think, uh, I think he's 23 and a half right now. Um, the, the Trey Mason Dixon line, I think is 207 pounds. He came in at think, or 205. He came in at 207. So he's above that line or ties just right up below that line. Um, I comped into a Devonta Freeman. I think you're going to get a couple good big seasons out of him. I don't know if you're ever going to get a 240, 250 touch season out of Eric Gray. Um, that kind of goes in with the pass blocking, right? They're not going to trust him on 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 some of those downs where he's got to be in there to block. But as far as the pass catching goes, that's going to kind of equate. You, you mentioned that, Dan, where, yeah, if he's pass blocking, he's not going to be helping you. But on those downs that he should be pass blocking, he's also going to be able to, you know, as long as he can give the guy a nudge and then get out on a loop, you're going to get a target, and that's a reception. That's PPR. That's what you want as far as fantasy goes. So Eric Gray, I loved him coming in. I had him at RB4 overall coming in to the event, which is way higher than I expected with my preliminary grades. Um, And I think he's going to end up coming down a little bit, but I still am impressed with Eric Gray. Um, The other one, who would you bring up, Chase Brown?
3: Yeah, Chase Brown.
1: Chase Brown, again, I had him, I think, RB16 coming in. The film is good. The film is good on Chase Brown. He struggled mightily all week. Day one and day two were were pretty brutal. Um, I think the best thing about Chase Brown is Sidney Brown, his brother, his twin brother was at the event. And his twin brother, when they stand side by side, his twin brother, I think, got like, I don't know what the testosterone levels are, but I think he got like 500 more uh, natural milligrams of testosterone in his body than, than Chase did at birth because he is he's pretty yoked. He's he's got the build. Um, Of a stud and he plays safety, but chase looks good. Um, I think he's gonna be a good NFL running back good in quotes Uh, DeAndre Washington esque he's gonna have some opportunities. Uh, We saw him go for 1600 at Illinois I know you're up in Big Ten country. You've seen him often Um, If you can get him in open field his Jets are similar to what you know Some of these guys in the NFL have right now. He's got good feet and acceleration uh, and agility Um, when he's game planned for and game planned around he can he, he can excel but as far as pass catching goes, I don't love it. As far as pass blocking goes, I don't love it. Um, too many carries result in, in you know negative three, negative two, negative one yards. Um, I, I, don't, I don't. I think Brown's going to be a late late round guy, like a sixth, seventh round draft pick.
3: Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering about because I know. I mean, he was a huge part of the Illinois offense, um, like about over fifty yeah. percent. So, uh, yeah. It, it, I was, you know, guys, guys like that always just kind of attract my attention because it's like, well, you know, man, if you can handle that much of a Big Ten offense, um, that, that's yeah. definitely saying something. That's
1: that's where I was too. I came in and I try not to watch an abundance of these guys during the season. I want to hit it all at the same time so I can get a good crop of it all. And I was like, I'm going to have Chase Brown in top top five, top six in this class. And I thought Eric Gray wasn't even going to be in the conversation. And Eric Gray ended up being the guy that was way up there. Chase Brown ended up being the guy that was way down. And I was like, but that's why you go through the whole process. And you, and you kind of dig deep into these guys from every angle. Both guys surprised me just in opposite directions.
0: Now, if you guys enjoyed listening to, to Cody talking about the Senior Bowl prospects, the thing about a lot of our guests during this time of year is, you know, we're, we're fantasy we're fantasy content related. So we're thinking about the big four fantasy positions. But Cody can talk about literally any position in the draft. And I think that's one of the most impressive things you do, Cody, is last year, how many um, of the first rounders did you nail? You were pretty high up there in terms of prediction. You, you only had a, a, couple, a couple you missed on your first round projection, I believe, correct?
1: Yeah, I don't remember the exact number as far as the total prospects. I think I got like seven or eight of the picks right in, in the NFL yeah. mock. Um, I don't remember the exact number on the prospects, though, however. Yeah, no,
0: you did. You do great with it, and I think you yeah. have a real, a Thank real, you.
1: Um, you know, an idea of
0: what's going to happen with the market. So, you know, we're we're a little bit off from the NFL draft. Uh, the combine starts at the end of the, the month, I believe it's February twenty eighth is the first day of the combine. So, if the NFL draft was going on today, how's that top five shaking out for you? Uh, starting at the top with Chicago.
1: Yeah, this is a very interesting one, obviously, because it's pretty apparent to everybody that. The Bears don't need a quarterback, you know, even if even if they want to try and be like, hey, we're, we're going to take a quarterback. No, you're not. Um, I think they're going to trade trading this pick. Who are they going to trade it to is kind of a big question. My last mock that I did um, just uh, a week and a half ago. I had the Colts coming up to number one. Um, I think Will Levis fits this, this mold the best um, because of what Chris Ballard is looking for. Um, is he the most pro ready? No, that's probably CJ Stroud, I think, right now at this point. But CJ Stroud doesn't really have much in the legs. And as far as the build goes, CJ Stroud's going to come in lean. He's going to come in 212, 215, which is something that at the quarterback position, you know, you want to have a guy that's a little bit bigger. We've seen this from the Colts when they go out. Wentz. Wentz is in the 230s. Ryan's 220 plus. Andrew Luck was 230 plus. You know, Levis fit, fits that body type much better. And, and Ballard kind of. This was a couple years ago that this came out, but he has a threshold at the positions um, and his threshold at quarterback was 6'3 and around 210 pounds. Um, And and while Stroud does fit that, I think Levis exposes more upside. He can do it with legs. He's got a much bigger arm when you compare it to guys like Josh Allen, uh, guys like Mahomes, et cetera, like that. Um, so I had Levis going number one. I got Bryce Young going two to the Texans, which I think was a, that's been kind of conversation for a while now. Even when the Texans had the number one pick, three Will Anderson going to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they lost J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. Um, that obviously hurt what they did in the last couple of years. Uh, it only adds to the lengthy need for pass rushing in Arizona. Um, they get the clear best in the class. Will Anderson's a guy that was often talked about as the number one overall pick, but I think in this day and age, the quarterback is such a big need for so many teams. I think it ends up pushing Will Anderson down. Then you have the Bears at four. They trade back from one. Jalen Carter, who I think is arguably the best player in this draft. Jalen Carter from Georgia. Um, you know, this is their guy. I think this is their guy. I think it will be their guy all along. And if they can stay in the top five, I think Jalen Carter ends up, being, ends up being that guy. Everyone remembers last year. Uh, Jordan Davis came out uh, of of Georgia, Jalen Carter's better than Jordan Davis. Remember, he went top top 20 to the to top. I think he went 13th overall to the Eagles. Carter's much better than Jordan Davis, much bigger motor. Uh, and then number five, I had Tyree Wilson going to Seattle. He's a big, big edge from Texas Tech. Um, shout out to Russell Wilson for rebuilding the Seahawks defense over the last couple of years and before the next couple of years. Um, yeah, I think they're just going to continue to build on this defensive line, and that's where I think Seattle goes with the fifth pick.
0: Not on the show sheet, but one thing that we've been trying to figure out is the actual draft capital for Bijan Robinson. Where do you think, like, if you're looking at this first round, um, can we get crazy? Is it like Atlanta at number eight? Um, what are we talking about here with Bijan? If you're looking at this this first round order, any anything jump out at you as a possible landing spot? You want to get
1: crazy here, don't you? I want to get nuts. <laughs> no, I, th- I mean, I, I obviously don't hate that. I, I would love to see. I'm all about that. I'm all about, you know, blowing these things up and, and seeing some crazy things happen. I, I loved back in the day when all these running backs were going early. But from a team-building standpoint, I think the NFL has moved on to the point where they understand. Um, also, like, I know a question you have soon here is the strength of this class. The running back position is the strength of this class through you know, from the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end positions, I should say, and uh, there's a lot of depth at the running back position. And I don't think you know I love Bijan. Uh, I think Bijan's a fantastic prospect. I think he's one of the best prospects we're going to see. We have seen, but I had this conversation with multiple people the last couple of days. I don't think he's on the Saquon. I don't think he's not on the Saquon level. He's not on the Adrian Peterson level. He's not going to run 4-4-0, no matter if people think he's fast or not. He's not going to run 4-4-0. He might be running 4-5-1, 4-5-2. You can't be upset about that. He's a great running back. Um, As far as where I expect him to go, I think the door really opens up when you get down into the 20s um, and you're looking at Alexander Madison's gone from the Vikings, and Dalvin Cook is a potential cap casualty or trade casualty. Baltimore, they've had their situations over the last few years. The Chargers have been trying to fill in that RB2 spot next to Austin Eckler, who's aging. That's really, I think, where the conversation starts. And then, obviously, what do the Giants do with Saquon? Do they bring him back? Do they not? 26, and Cowboys, um, Zeke's gone. I mean, I'm sorry to break the news. I don't know if I'm whatever. But, I mean, there were some people down in, in Mobile that I can't tell who they were. But they don't really care. It wouldn't surprise them if they took Bijan. And they, he's pretty confident that Zeke's not going to be back. And, obviously, uh, Tony P is, I think, going to be 26, 27 this year. They could use a running back. Buff. I mean, that whole twenties. Every. I just went through like all the twenties right there. That's really probably where he ends up going. Is somewhere in the twenties right there. What I would say. I I
3: think that makes a lot of sense. But I gotta say though, if if Bijan does end up in Atlanta, we got to give full credit to uh, Theo because he will be be the one who spoke it into existence. Uh, (laughs) He's he's been working on that for a while. So,
0: I'd also like to clarify that Cody's source. He won't say it out loud, but it's Jerry Jones. The owner of the Dallas Cowboys just hey sh- hey stand, you stand. Uh, hey
2: guys,
0: <laughs> w- wanted to you, let, let's let's backtrack because one guy who's one guy who I, I will say is polarizing is Will Levis. If you mm-hmm. talk to if like if, if we if we found let's say we we have ten guys that we respect their opinions yeah. like yourself, there's going to be a few of them who do not like Will Levis and definitely do not like him at the level of C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. You've been a proponent for Will Levis. He has an absolute canon. Um, Maybe talk a little bit about why you're someone. You've already mentioned the size. But is there anything else that really stands out to you, kind of intangibles, anything that kind of elevates him for you above these
1: other aspects? I mean, yeah. I mean, you immediately go to, and everyone goes right to Stroud and Young, right? And your immediate response could be, well, the, 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 the weapons around him were entirely worse. Okay, yes, fine, whatever. But the incompetent offensive line that Levis to deal with over the last couple of years, he, he does hold on to the ball a little bit too long that's kind of where the completion percentage can really take a significant drop for Levis is is when he does hold on the ball too long. But when you're at a Kentucky school playing against Bama, Georgia, Tennessee, week in and week out, you're trying to make plays. You're trying to win games. He has played for two former NFL coordinators uh, throughout his process, understands a pro style offense very well. Uh, We haven't even talked about his ability to, to, to move on the ground, his tenacious accountability, leadership in terms of praise for his teammates and touting the work. They tout his work ethic through the process. Um, when I think you're talking about the tier one of, of prospects at quarterback, I don't think that this might be hot too. I don't think that Stroud and Young deserve to be in that top conversation as far as what we know and where the NFL is going at the quarterback position. Levis and Richardson should be the conversation. It shouldn't be Young Young coming in at six foot, 190 pounds, or you know if he does come in at 201 because he's been eating peanut butter and protein shakes for the last 10, two months. Be, 10,
0: 201
1: yeah he's gonna be whatever man i don't even but and then stroud can't run he's got no he's not, he's got a good arm i don't think it's strong i think he's teddy bridgewater-esque i don't think the conversation's there with those two guys i think it's richardson and levis you're talking about the day and age of the nfl with patrick mahomes jalen hurts josh allen justin herbert what do they all have in common big arms and they all can move on the ground and what did richardson do and what's levis do levis is going to come to the nfl and have a top five arm from the get-go in the NFL, and that's not even a question. Yes, can you reel him in? Yes, can you teach him a couple things? Yes, I think you can. Obviously, like I said, he's had two NFL coordinators as his coaches the last couple seasons. Richardson, on the other hand, same kind of conversation. Sometimes he can't hit the broadsword of a barn, sometimes he's a great 67 yards downfield on a dime. It, <clears throat> both of these guys are really where the conversation should start. I've talked about Levis, you know, on end for the last, I don't know, eight months. Um, I really don't think it's a conversation, but that's here nor there. Um, There's plays you can see of him against Florida where no crow hop. He's standing still in the pocket, 64 yards on a dime in the end zone. And that's just like with the flick of a wrist. He's not even you know, rearing up like we see Aaron Rodgers do and and taking three crow hops into it. He's just got that strong of an arm. And you see too much through the process of him, um, I think, growing, but – yeah, I, think, I don't think it's really a question for me, to be honest, with having Levis at number one as far as the NFL goes. So
3: yeah. what, let me ask you a couple questions in on the quarterbacks. Uh, Levis, you don't think he's falling farther than Indy. Even if Indy doesn't move up, you know, the, basically that's, that's like his floor where he's going. Floor?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, floor I'd say probably ends up at like six to Detroit maybe okay. it'd be a floor now, obviously Carolina I think Carolina we talked to we talked to a, a, a source uh, around Carolina they think Carolina is going to move up for quarterback as well so um, six for Detroit but I think there's also some teams that can move in front of uh, in front of Detroit as well
3: how, how about Anthony Richardson what do you what do you think is his realistic floor in this draft
1: I mean, he's dynamite. I think as far as floor goes, you're looking at that 19 spot for Tampa. That's where I put him in my last mock was 19 to Tampa. Um, I don't think they let a guy like that fall that far. Um, Remember Lamar dropped to 32 to Baltimore. They had to get him in that first round just to get that fifth-year option. And uh, he's some mixture of Lamar, Colin Kaepernick, Cam Newton. He's like a mixture of all these guys. The arm talent is that of of Kaepernick. The size is Cam Newton and the and the – rushing ability is is close to of what lamar is and and it's it's almost scary to be honest with you and as far as fantasy goes this is the guy that like i said the nfl levis is going to be my number one i think in fantasy by the time it's all shook out i think richardson's gonna end up being qb1 um as far as fantasy goes just because of the legs like we saw it from justin fields this year if he would have played the whole season he breaks the rushing record uh that this is the next guy in line that I think can do that. And like I said a minute ago, sometimes you can't hit the broad side of a barn, but sometimes he's got the arm talent of Will Levis where it's 67 yards downfield on a dime. And, you know, if you can get that connection with some of these guys, you're going to see it very often at the NFL level. And, I, I mean, you put, you know, draft capital, you put him at 19. I think he gets drafted higher than 19. But think about putting him him, him in Tampa with uh, a Godwin, with uh, an Otten, and with a uh, Mike Evans to Rashad White to the backfield. Like, that's pretty good weapons for a quarterback like Anthony Richardson.
0: Is he your QB2 right now?
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't have my grades done, but as far as the NFL goes, I think NFL wise, Levis, Stroud, and then Richardson is probably where I'm going to be.
3: So you, you don't see Richardson as being a guy that, you know, like they would redshirt for a year after drafting him or anything like that. He's coming I, out and playing. I think
1: they should, but I think we've just moved on so much past that i think as far as like these first round guys there's just no patience in the nfl we've seen it year in and year out the last probably four years where i mean jordan love feels like the last guy that really was forced into that redshirt situation and especially a guy like richardson where he's got the legs like the nfl is going to force him out there and make him learn and um do i think he needs it 100 i don't think he should have came out this year i think he should have went back but we're talking about reality he's coming out he's going to get drafted in the first round. He's going to be fantasy relevant year one, um, yeah. I, I, like you said, 100% am in agree in agreement with you, Dan. That I, I think he should be redshirted. I, I think he should go back to school, but it's,
3: you know, reality's yeah. reality's it reality, what it is. I guess.
1: Yeah, it is what it is.
3: All right, sounds good. Is there is there any other quarterback from this class that you're you're high on that you think are could turn into an NFL starter?
1: Not really. Um, Dorian Thompson Robinson interested me until he went to the Shrine Bowl and came in in like the 180s. Um, Tyson Bajant Dyson Bajen was at the at the Senior Bowl, 6'3, 212. Uh, his dad's a 27-time arm wrestling champion. Um, the
0: dad is. If, if anybody hasn't seen the dad, the the guy is like Hulk Hogan yeah. of arm wrestling. The the swag yeah. is incredible.
1: They used to have that show on ESPN. W A L. If you've never watched it, go back type it into YouTube uh, Travis Page and absolutely anarchy. Um, and that's this is Tyson's dad. So Tyson's got the arm talent, most touchdowns, most touchdown passes all time in college football, no matter the level. Um, seventeen thousand passing yards at shepard in 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 uh, West Virginia. He's got the arm talent. you know, he's very errant, but he's the guy that is gonna get drafted probably around late three. You know, round four is really where you're going to start looking for a Bajan to get drafted, I think. And that's the guy that you're going to let him sit for probably two years. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh, hey, that guy's hey, – got a quarterback on our hands, and it's going to be him. Um, that's the only guy that I'm really eyeing as far as the rest of the draft goes.
0: There are so many teams that try to get Bajan as a transfer to leave Shepard. And there was a, there was a, like multiple, multiple high-level football teams that, that wanted him last year um and he stuck with it at shepherd i think it's it's just awesome I'm, I'm definitely rooting for him it's an awesome story especially when you factor in um you know his dad being like this arm wrestling maniac it's just, it's just awesome um wanted to pivot over to the running back position okay we won't waste any time on Bijan. he's the, the, the rb1 in this class how do you rank the rest of these these RBs? what are the, the next few guys for you that you're looking at Take it as deep as you want cody because i know your rankings are still developing
1: Yeah, they're still developing. Um, as far as fantasy goes right now, I'm coming in with Jameer at number two. Um, the the PPR thing is going to be pretty apparent. Um, I do think the Elvin Kamara comps are a bit aggressive that I've been seeing on Twitter and from some, from, from some people, because Gibbs, isn't that build, uh, right. He's 200 pounds, 205 pounds. He's much, much closer to a James cook. Um, and I think that's a very good uh, comp slash situation for Jameer Gibbs. Um, one of the best uh, pass catchers with and without the ball, one of the best pass blockers. Um seen him multiple times on film move from like left, lined up left in shotgun, move all the way around right, pick up an edge defender, a blitzer on the opposite side. A lot of guys can't even pick up the guy on their own side, let alone get to the other side and pick up a guy. Uh, Very impressive as far as that goes. I think he has everything, lower body athleticism is pure. He lines up as a a running back, but he looks like a wide receiver when he's back there. It's just very uh, efficient, nonchalant about everything. It's very easy for him. I think I have him number two. Then I think the conversation really opens up next with a couple of these big bruisers. Kendra Miller from TCU. Um, I think he had a touchdown every single game this year. Roshan Johnson. I talked about him a minute ago. And then Zach Charbonneau from UCLA. I know you like him. Have yeah, him. Yeah. All three of these guys right there, three, four, five. I really want to see who elevates, who, who separates themselves kind of at the combine, see who runs the four, six, see who runs the four, four. And uh, all three of these guys are really impressive to me. Um, all three. Pretty competent at receiving uh, the ball. Zach Charbonneau, probably the best out of the three. Um, but I just – something with Charbonneau really worries me is that last year he should have came out and he would have been a top five back, and he went back. And it's kind of the reverse of what we heard from Roshan, where everyone's like – the NFL loves Roshan, and it's pretty apparent. But if everybody loves Zach – zach would have came out last year because he could have came out remember he did declare and then he went back so that's really what i'm worried about with charbonnet so that's my three four five and then after that you start talking about the Devi guys the zach evans tank bigsby eric gray zach evans from old miss uh transferred from tcu and that's where kendra kind of got the door opened up for him zach evans i think it lines more into the elvin camara situation as far as a comp goes um as far as I, – I like to go down to that old Miss pro day. I think Alex is going to go over there. But he said growing up, Zach Evans was just kind of an, an odd ball. Uh, very talented, super talented. Probably the most talented in this running back class uh, other than Bijan. Um, but it's really just about if he can keep his head in the game, keep interested in the game, and kind of just elevate himself. Tank Bigsby, I don't know what the problem is with him, right? It's been three years at, at, at Auburn, and it's like 800, 900, 1,000 yards, consistency, Auburn hasn't been good, but Tank Bigsby has been. It's just been playing with very incompetent teams. Um, he's one that I'm, I'm going to probably end up with a lot of him in rookie drafts. And then Eric Gray we talked about before, and Tyja Spears, 8-9. That's kind of where I end up uh, out of that top ten.
0: Dan, any other running backs you want to pick Cody's brain on?
3: Um, How about uh, Sean Tucker? So a guy who's getting go. a little bit of buzz.
1: Yeah, I, I, so I had I made a list of 12. I just said nine names. He was one of the ones I didn't say. Um, okay. I left the door open for you. Sean Tucker, I like Sean. I think he's one of the best pass catchers. Um, it was very interesting to me to see at his build where he comes in slider, 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, he's going to be to about 205. Plays bigger, plays much bigger, but he also plays downfield a lot. And they had a lot of plays designed for him. 30, 40 yards downfield where they threw the ball to him, which I thought was very interesting because they trust him downfield. Um, As far as a rusher goes, very in line, very straight line rusher. Um, The depth of this class, I think, is really what we're getting down to right now. You're talking about Sean Tucker, where I have him at 12 right now, and I feel really not good about that because I feel like he should be higher. But I think the depth of this class, like I said, is just – it's very, very strong. Um, Great lower body strength, uh, great lower body build. Listed at about 210, plays more around 200. Um, you're talking about the Austin Eckler type. Uh, he doesn't have quite the elusiveness and the agility that 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 uh, that Austin Eckler does. But I think as far as trusting him to be your, you know, fifth round, fourth round guy in the NFL draft, I think he's going to be a guy that lines up right there.
0: Shout out to Darren Armani, Fantasy Mojo. If you're in a draft with him right now, he's taking Sean Tucker. So that's not that's <laughs> like, the movie fell. I did two best balls with him, one FFPC, one FFWC, and Sean Tucker uh, goes out of my queue uh, and Darren takes him. So hat tip to uh, Fantasy Mojo. I ha- We had a, qu- a question. Um, Dan and I are in-, in a chat, and one person wanted us to ask you about Sir Roderick Thompson, deep name, Texas Tech. Any thoughts on him?
1: Sir so Roderick, man, I mean, we, we I remember making his player page uh, like three years ago on com because uh, it was expected that he might have come out. And he came to – he played in the NFLPA and then he came over to the Senior Bowl during the middle of the week after Roshan. So when, when a guy gets hurt, so like Roshan, Roshan got hurt day one of the Senior Bowl. They always call somebody up from the NFLPA Bowl. And Sir Roderick was that guy. Um, and he came over and he was very, very strong. He didn't make any mistakes, uh, kind of like Trey Tucker at the wide receiver position, wide receiver uh, from Cincinnati. Didn't make any mistakes all week, kind of Mr. consistency while Sir Roderick was on the field, Mr. consistency about that 215 pound range runs pretty hard built strong. He's not going to be an overpowering guy, right? He's not jacked up like Roshan. He's not jacked up like, like Sidney Brown or anything like this, but he's a, he's a very good back Um, profile is kind of like, I would say like a, like a Ramondre Stevenson. I had over 500 yards rushing each of the last four years at Texas tech. I don't think there's anything wrong with the profile, multiple 20 plus yard receiver or 20 plus reception seasons at Texas tech. Uh, but it was a nice one to see him come over because last year uh, there was an injury and TJ Pledger from Utah came over and it was just like deflating because there was really nothing there. So Roderick actually brought some some pop to the team and and was a strong runner.
0: Uh, we're, we're hitting at almost 50 minutes here, so I want to quickly get to Cody's wide receivers. Um, we don't obviously we've had a ton of success from from the last few classes. How do you see this class as a whole? And give us a few of the names you, you have at the top.
1: Yeah, I don't think the class is quite on par with that of the last few seasons. Um, I mean, obviously, it's going to be a pretty tough thing to do in general because of kind of what the two class, last two classes have had with Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, uh, et cetera, Drake London. But I think when it's all said and done, you're going to have a lot of good, good wide receivers. JSN, as far as fantasy goes, I think is going to end up being that top guy. Uh, We're just talking PPR here, man. He's going to be a PPR machine. Um, As far as the NFL goes, I mean, I think JSN fits in most offenses as a strong slot receiver, Keenan Allen-esque type. Um, There's been some rumors of him not even being a top 20 pick. Speed probably won't be there, but I don't think, you know, in prior years, you mean, remember Keenan Allen, he was a mid third round pick when he went to the chargers. Um, and I think I comp this class to that of, uh, I can't remember what year it was, 2016, I think. Um, and you look back at 2016, there was a couple guys that went Corey Coleman, Will Fuller, uh, Laquan Treadwell. And then this guy, you know, from Ohio state, that was pretty good when 47th overall, I think his name was Michael Thomas. And uh, just kind of overlook guys. That maybe you shouldn't overlook. And, I think Jason's going to be a guy that gets pushed down for no reason, and, and other than I mean, he didn't didn't play much this year, but I think he's the number one guy as far as fantasy goes. Quentin Johnston out of Texas, uh, Texas Christian TCU, super athlete. Uh, if he comes in at six three, hundred ninety five pounds, um, very light on the light end. I wanted to see him a lot bigger. Um, but obviously, 195 is what it is. If he does run what they're rumored to be a 440, 442, something in that range with a 40-inch vertical, I think you're going to see him skyrocket up, up mocks, up the NFL draft. Um, I mocked him number nine overall to Carolina in my last mock because I think that people need to be, come to the realization that he he likely is the first wide receiver drafted in the NFL um, because of that athleticism, because of that size. When you go down the list. Of receivers in this class from JSN, Jordan Addison, Josh Downs, Zay Flowers, Jaden Reed, Kayshawn Butte, not one of those guys is over six foot tall. It's six foot, 5'11, 5'10. Quentin Johnston is six foot three. He's going to be 195, 200 pounds. He's going to be a super athlete. We've seen year after year after year these guys run four twos and four threes and get elevated in the NFL draft. And you're going to see that with Quentin again if he does hit that marker. Now, if he runs four, five, two, and he only jumps 32 inches, Obviously, you're gonna, he's not going to be drafted that high. But as far as looking for a prototypical, prototypical X in this draft, Quinton's really the top of the top of the top of the marker um, for that position. So um, I think he comes in right up there in that conversation. That I know you love Jordan Addison as much as I do. If he was about 15 pounds heavier. Uh, he would be my hands down number one wide receiver in this class in every facet. Jordan Addison is going to come in about 170 to 175 pounds. Played at Pittsburgh, was prolific, 1,500 yards uh, with Kenny Pickett in 2021, and then 2022 he picks up, moves across the country, goes to USC, dominates again with Caleb Williams. Um, I think he's about as good a wide receiver, good as wide receivers you're going to get, top to bottom, other than size.
0: And then those three seem to be shaking out as, as I would say the consensus top three at this point, do you have a a wide receiver four right now? I I know that Boutte is super interesting, um, you know, because he's got a lot of, got got a a lot of interesting things off the field, uh, LSU pedigree. Um, You mentioned Josh Downs, uh, Zay Flowers. Is there a guy that stands out to you or are you still kind of unclear of your wide receiver four?
1: One of my big goals at the Senior Bowl and, and even this week is to find out more about Kayshawn and kind of what the off-field situation and how the NFL feels about him because he, for me, would be right up there in that conversation. Um, you know, Two months ago before the off-field questions came up, he was my number one wide receiver, and the NFL seems to now kind of buried him. Uh, Bruegler didn't have him in his top 64. I think he still belongs in the top 64 even if um, the off-field stuff is what it is. Um, Bute is that good of a receiver. Um, I put him number seven right now with Flowers, uh, Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, and Jaden Reed just ahead of him because of their consistency through the process. Um, Downs uh, having a year ahead of Flowers, Flowers dominating at the Shrine Bowl, looking excellent, Jaden Reed dominating the Senior Bowl, and looking excellent staying up there. I think those guys deserve to be moved ahead of him. Um, at this current time. But if there's anything that gets adjusted uh, with this Butte thing or if he's cleared of any uh, wrongdoings or anything like that, I think you're going to see Butte jump into that tier one uh, with JSN, Quinton, and Jordan Addison.
0: Dan, any wide receivers you want to touch on before we move
3: on? Um, How about uh, Jalen Hyatt, um, Zay Flowers? where Where did you say you had them at?
1: Zay flowers I have five right now just behind Josh Downs at four uh, Hyatt I'm a little lower on him um, I'd, I'd like to see you know I don't really know I don't really know what to do with Hyatt because he's he, he you know the easy comp obviously is like a will fuller um, I kind of thought of a day-day Westbrook something like this um, both these guys actually won the bullet in the cuff. Um, 175 pounds is just so tough because he's built a Almost identical to Devonta Devonta Smith, um, but he just doesn't have the route running. I don't think as Devonta Smith does. Um, I hate to call him a one-trick pony because you know he won the Blitnikoff as the best receiver in college football, and you got to respect what he did all year. Uh, very slender lower half, not a big yak wide receiver, but he's lightning in a freaking bottle. And if he does run a four-two-six, four-two-seven, you have to respect that. But at the current time, I have him about wide receiver nine. Um, I just. I just don't trust uh, his mold in the NFL as far as fantasy goes. Like, it's either he has to be Will Fuller, um, you know, a healthy Will Fuller. Remember how dynamic he was with those multiple 40, 50-point outputs? Like, he has to be that level, uh, in my opinion, to to really be fantasy relevant. So that's why he's a little bit lower than uh, you may see from some other people.
0: Yeah. Quickly moving on to the tight end spot, Michael Mayer is going to be a top 20 pick in the NFL draft, it looks like. Um, how excited are you about him as a prospect? And then who would be your tight end to?
1: Yeah, Mayer's clear cut. Mayor's clear cut the number one tight end, I think, in this class. Um, I was actually like, you know, kind of like I mentioned earlier with Chase Brown Evan Hull or Chase Brown and some of these other guys where I came in with an expectation and then thought maybe I'd come out with a different response. I came in with the expectation that nobody's going to touch Mayer. Um, but I was like trying in my mind to be like, God, can, I, can, can Musgrave come close? Can, can Darnell Washington – nobody can come close to Mayer. It was so tough to even be like, okay, what does he do that this other guy can't? Mayer just does everything better. Um, I remember Hunter Henry as a prospect being uh, just – he could just do everything. Yeah, he wasn't fast, but he could just do everything. Good in the run game, uh, great in the red zone, dominant, break tackles. Uh, uh, maybe not the best in yak, but – Overall, the tight end just strong, strong player. Uh, Darnell Washington interests me. He's going to be a little bit further down. He's a hyper athlete. I did want to push this in there. I'll talk about Musgrave here in a second, but Darnell Washington um, going into the Senior Bowl had kind of up in that top four, and a lot of people down there at the Senior Bowl believe that the NFL is going to try and push him into a more of a tackle role, which is up kind of nuts it's to me. though for fantasy, it's,
0: you know, it's you,
1: disgusting. But he because so. There's thought that he's going to be 260, 265, and I'm like, all right, if he's 260, 265, what you're seeing on tape, there's no reason that he isn't as athletic and probably more than Jordan Davis was last year when he ran that 4'7 at 300 and whatever the hell he was. Darnell's that athletic, and there's some people down there that think he's 280, 285 right now. So you're talking about a guy at 6'8", 280, 285 with this athleticism. Of course, that would be a fantastic right tackle in the NFL, but... Nobody wants to see that shit for fantasy. But anyway, so I just had to throw that in there because that is something that we need to keep cognizant because he is a pretty good – I think he's a pretty decent tight end. But um, Luke Musgrave, I think, is the clear number two here. Um, he played great all week. Payne Durham was good, but Luke Musgrave was just the clear number one all week. He's the nephew to Bill Musgrave, the former uh, Raiders coach. Um Musgrave's awesome off the field and on the field conversations with him were awesome fluid in the hips in space ability to find space in the defense where where he's needed good hands He's a good hands catcher um Just In contested areas, he just gets the job done all over. Um, He does really kind of lack the the yak ability, too. He's a bigger, bigger frame guy, 6'5", 6'6", 255 pounds, prototypical size. I actually comped him to Kyle Rudolph. So uh, now that we're talking about it, it seems like I now have a couple of Kyle Rudolphs in this class. But um, Luke Musgraves, I think, is a guy that's going to get drafted as well in round one.
0: Two tight ends that we've, we've been talking about in the district. Just your quick thoughts on Dalton Kincaid and your quick thoughts on Tucker Kraft.
1: Dalton Kincaid, I think, is a guy that's going to continue to fall through the process. As far as on tape and everything, he looked fantastic, but there's some very big worries right now with his injury that caused him to not participate in the Senior Bowl. Uh, So we'll see what the medicals look like at the combine, but it looks like he's going to be the guy that ends up falling through this process. I hope he doesn't. hope he doesn't because I liked what I saw on film. Uh, I thought he was a great super athlete. Super athletic body type with a great footwork, yak, and grind lord. That's what I called him because he grinds. Yak, it's just all there for Dalton Kincaid. But if this injury isn't right, I mean, we've seen it in years past with guys that just never end up coming back from injuries and whatever. Um, and then Tucker Craft. Tucker Craft is a massive big-body bruiser from South Dakota State. Uh, yak ability, um, but he fall. I mean, it, it's weird watching some of these guys where they got good yak, but then they, like, sometimes it's not there at all. And he's one of those guys where – it's kind of hard to explain it because it's you can watch him do things and it's like, damn, he's super athletic and he can make all these moves after the catch and then all of a sudden he'll get, like, clipped and he just falls ever so slowly. and it, But I think he's good hands, great awareness downfield, comes back for the ball very well, obviously was so super dynamic uh, in that South Dakota offense. I think uh, Tucker Craft is a guy that Adam Troutman is the easy comp, right, obviously from the small school, but I think he's going to be a little bit better than what Adam Troutman ended up being.
0: Well, we've we've reached an hour, uh, and and Cody has uh, Super Bowl obligations in a couple hours, here, so we want to get him out of here. Let's let give us your top twelve uh, rookie. If the rookie draft is going on tomorrow, who is your top twelve? And we're going to go non-Super Bowl. All
1: right, one obviously Bijan Robinson. Two Jackson Smith and Jigba PPR. Um, I think that stays right there. Jameer Gibbs number three from Alabama. Um, I think as far as the pass catching goes, like I said, I don't think he's on Camaro's level where some people mock him there, uh, compare him there. Um, I think more of a James Cook uh, with better draft capital. Uh, Jordan Addison at four. Uh, Josh Downs at five from North Carolina. I think he's just a dynamite guy. Five, you know, you're probably not going to want to – I think he deserves to be in that conversation. I think he will be in that conversation by the end um, because I think he's going to get first-round draft capital or late thereof or – be the first receiver that goes off the board in round two of the NFL draft. Uh, And then Kendra Miller, six, uh, Roshan and Zach Schraubino, seven, eight, in either order, Uh, Jaden Reed, nine from Michigan State, Zay Flowers, 10 from Boston College, and then Zach Evans comes at 11. I think 12 is where the conversation is tough because I think you, you, you can start talking about Michael Mayer because of how strong he's at the tight end position compared to everybody else. Kayshawn Butte, um, I put him right there in that same conversation because we don't know what's going to happen. Tank Bigsby, the consistency. Eric Gray uh, from Oklahoma, just his innate ability to do everything. And then Devon A-Chain is a guy that a lot of people are mocking in these rookie mocks into round one. I know uh, Ray G, our friend, is is high on Devon A-Chain because uh, he's going to end up running these four threes as well. Um, but those, all those guys, I think, are in conversation for round one as well.
0: Where did you have Quentin Johnson, Cody? I
1: just moved. I missed him. Good yeah. call.
0: Yeah, so you, you got Downs five. Would Johnson be Johnson? You would have at four overall ahead of Addison.
1: I'd probably put him at five.
0: At five. Okay, so
1: good call. Good call. Okay, so
0: Cody's top five: Bijan Robinson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Jordan Addison, and then Quentin Johnson. So that's right. that's five, that's your top five. This was this was awesome. Um, I guess we got to get your Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> or you want to wait before the interviews, that's fine too. You
1: don't you just <laughs> I don't to get you any let's, hot water down there. Let's go. Kansas City Chiefs, 31, Philadelphia Eagles, 20. No, 17. Wow.
0: Wow. wow. Love it love it um this was awesome today uh dan i think we covered about like over like we probably covered like 60 names today this was awesome
3: yeah pretty easily yeah Yeah. really really appreciate it cody i mean taking your taking some time out of your day we know you're 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 not feeling the greatest and uh you know on your on your cross leg two of your cross country trip here so uh we we really appreciate that
1: I, i appreciate you guys having me on as always you know that
0: Yeah, no, this was awesome. Uh, Have a tremendous time at the Super Bowl. Uh, We really appreciate your thoughts on the Senior Bowl. Everybody follow Cody. Uh, Let everybody know where they can find you this week.
1: You can find me at Carpenter NFL on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. I'm trying to post as much as possible. Um, I put up my all-Senior Bowl team on playerprofiler.com, five winners from the Senior Bowl on playerprofiler.com, and then all of my mock drafts for the next couple months will be on playerprofiler.com
0: awesome man well everybody enjoy your day enjoy super bowl week and uh thanks for tuning in